It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 6, 2019. My name is Phil Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's loss to the Philadelphia 76ers, a uh, a weird and frustrating loss. We'll talk about what made it weird and frustrating, of course. And then I'll talk a little bit about just where the Magic are at and and, and what comes next now as as we probably hit a very... Cri- I mean, every point in the rest of the schedule is critical. We're in a playoff race that where the teams are separated by a half game. Magic will be a game back of the eighth spot after Wednesday's games. Uh, but a really critical juncture in the schedule. I'll explain why and why the Magic cannot let these opportunities slip away anymore. And certainly... They've let a few slip away, and I would even argue against Philadelphia, they did too. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Want to learn a little bit more about the Magic's next opponent from Friday, the Dallas Mavericks? Check out Locked On Mavericks. They recently had Mark Cuban on their podcast if you want to dig through their archives for that. You can also check out Locked On NBA as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball for your national fix too as the NBA season, regular season at least, winds to a close. The Magic, of course, with I think 16 games left now um, and of course a half game back of the final playoff spot. So very exciting playoff race. You want to stay on top of it, of all of it, whether it's with Locked On Hornets, Locked On Heat, Locked On Nets, Locked On Pistons, Locked On Wizards, Locked On NBA, wherever you want to go. There's a Locked On podcast covering every single NBA team to ha- to keep you covered, keep you happy and to get you ready for the playoff chase that is inevitably coming. You can find that all, of course, on iTunes just by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Listen to it in your car. Tell your smart device to find it as well. Uh, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic have, of course, played up and down to their competition uh, really for the last two weeks now, and, and it's been frustrating because you can't count on beating good teams all the time. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, you're, you're not going to be perfect against the best teams in the league. And, and that's what playoff series are for, is to, to, to have those battles. Really, the regular season, and this is why I'm such a big proponent of having a, a quote-unquote regular season champion. Um, the regular season is as much about your ability to stay consistent and do the same things over and over again, regardless of who you're playing. And that, of course, is the very challenge the Magic are struggling with. Because... Clearly, we can see now, as opposed to maybe years past, the Magic have the talent to make a playoff push. Or, I mean, at least in this Eastern Conference, they do. They have the talent, they have the ability, and now it's just about bringing the right approach and intensity every single night. And, and I've, I've been harping on this for the last few weeks. It's The pressure is ramping up, and the Magic have to continue to rely on what's gotten them to this point. Just because they have to... Just because the games have more meaning does not mean they're necessarily that different. But to have to do that against the very best teams in the league and to expect to win all those games 
is frankly a little crazy. And so the reason there is, and, and rightfully should be, palpable frustration that the Magic did not take care of business against the Bulls, the Knicks, and the Cavaliers is exactly because of games like Tuesday nights. The Philadelphia 76ers were without Joel Embiid, but they're still a very potent team. Orlando was without Terrence Ross. None of that mattered at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, it was a 101-99 to game. At the end of the day, it took Jimmy Butler hitting two difficult shots for the Philadelphia 76ers to take a three-point lead. And at the end of the day, it was still the magic making critical mistakes. Not being able to execute, going to their star, which is, I think, something I've said, and I'm actually happy they did this, even though it didn't turn into the results they needed. Going to their star and letting someone make a play. When no one made a play, when no one was able to make the play at the right moment, whether it was a defensive stop, whether it was a shot that didn't go in or a turnover that happened, you lose a basketball game. And under normal circumstances, you might say, that's okay. You know, you, you got yourself in position. It just came down to execution. And, and, and generally, I'm on that boat. You would have told me coming out of the All-Star break, the Magic would start off three and four. I'd say, okay, they beat the teams they were supposed to beat. They lost to some pretty good teams. Would have been nice to have one of those but not the end of the world. In fact, the Magic at 3-4 and four have not gained any ground or lost any ground from where they were at the All-Star break. Again, that's, that's maybe moral victory speech talking because the bottom line is this game is now about results. And as much as we want to focus on the last two minutes of the game, which we'll talk about here in a moment, as much as we want to focus about the last two minutes of the game, the problem for the Magic remains their approach to these games and how these games are playing out and and how the Magic aren't bringing the full intensity and purpose of their effort. I want to make this clear. I don't think effort is the issue. I saw some people questioning effort and effort isn't necessarily the issue. There might be some things related to it. What is clearly the issue right now is what Steve Clifford would probably call purpose of play. What I would call intensity of purpose, and and sort of focus of purpose. The Magic, like we've said for so long, know the right things they have to do. They know they can do those right things. And even doing those right things for a short period of time, they're good enough to keep themselves in the game with a very good Philadelphia team. And yet it's not enough. Because when it comes down to it, when it comes to the coin flip nature of close games, which the Magic have played a whole bunch of, when it comes to the coin flip nature of these games, the Magic simply can't leave it up to chance. Not when they put in an effort like this. If you lose a game like this and you you clearly played with the intensity that you need, with the physicality that you need, and you're, you're, you can be satisfied overall with, with the approach that you had, You can live with those kinds of losses. This was not a loss the Magic should live with because they left one on the board. And that's become an increasing theme now that we'll talk about a little bit later. But let's dive into the details of this game. Orlando struggled defensively through the first half. Because of Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon's offensive brilliance, they were able to keep the game close within striking distance. But it always felt like Philadelphia was about to pull away. Because the Magic's offense started to run dry. Philadelphia continued to make shots. I think they had nine three-pointers in the first half. 
And three-pointers add to some randomness, but Philadelphia deserved to be up by 10 points, and they led by 10 points or around 10 points for most of the third quarter. It felt like this game was going to kind of drift slowly to the end, that, that the teams had kind of reached an equilibrium. Philadelphia had their lead. They weren't going to let go of it. Orlando wasn't going to be able to make a serious threat. But the magic never went away. Every time it looked like Philadelphia was going to pull away, Orlando made a little push to keep it within striking distance. Again, that like 10, 8, 7 point range. And then finally the run happened. The Magic's defense locked in for the fourth quarter. Ken Burch did a great job setting the tone there. I thought Wes Wundu did some good things too. Um, it, everything seemed to come to attention. And slowly Orlando's offense picked up steam again. Behind Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic finally got himself going. Everything seemed to pick up a little bit of steam. And finally, like I said, Orlando closed the gap to 101.99 with five minutes left. Just all of a sudden, the run came. Philadelphia couldn't hit a shot. They couldn't get into the paint. They couldn't get good looks. Their three-pointers dried up, and Orlando got themselves back into the game. They gave themselves a chance to win. They sleptwalked through about three quarters, and, and I, I think I can say that. Their defensive effort was not good for three quarters. There's a lot of miscommunication, a, a lot of just... Honestly, tired legs. Magic had played eight games in eight games in the last eleven days, or seven games in the last eleven days, something like that. You could see the fatigue, especially without Terrence Ross. Steve Clifford tightened his rotation. Seven guys with Jarrell Martin playing eight in the in the first half. You could see a little bit of that fatigue and just that focus go away. But then it came back, and when this team is really focused defensively, they are one of the best defensive teams in the league. The stats bear that out. That's not a subjective statement. That That is objective statement. Now, whether that'll hold up in the playoffs, I think the jury's out on that. But Orlando locked in defensively. You could see them making those extra efforts. It's, it's Again, it's it to me, it's not the effort. It's the extra effort that makes a good defense. And you saw Orlando making a mistake, but scrambling to recover and then scrambling to help the helper. And Philadelphia all of a sudden couldn't get open shots. They couldn't make baskets. But then Orlando, once they got close, couldn't ever get over the hump. They missed several open shots, several layups, several good looks. Shots just wouldn't go down. And eventually, Philadelphia was able to take control because they have a shot maker in Jimmy Butler. They have several shot makers, but Jimmy Butler was the one that made shots in this game. He had a couple of jumpers that gave uh, Philadelphia a four-point lead. Evan Forney was able to, to cut it down to, to three, I think, at one point. But then the miscommunication on defense reared its ugly head. Then the lack of execution on offense and, and, and in other areas reared its ugly head. On a, play, on a play with the Magic down by three points and about 45 seconds to play, Jimmy Butler was sizing up his man. Mike Scott flared out to the corner. Aaron Gordon was pointing at Nikola Vucevic to follow him or... Or, or not, it was clear that Vucevic had already switched to Gordon's man. I think he was guarding Ben Simmons at the time. And that momentary lapse where Gordon was in the wrong position, didn't follow the man, Butler found Scott for an open three and a six-point lead. Orlando was able to get a layup from Evan Fournier to cut it down to four. They kept fighting. They did keep fighting. Give him all the credit for that, for what little that's worth. They kept fighting. They cut the lead to four. They got a turnover on the ensuing inbounds, a weird inbounds pass that Nikola Vucevic intercepted. He tried to outlet it quickly to DJ Augustin, but Augustin looked over the wrong shoulder, wasn't where Vucevic thought he would be, 
The Magic turned it back over, and that was the ball game. The Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Orlando Magic 114-106. to Orlando did so many things right at the end of the game. They gave up only 20 points in the fourth quarter. They had chance after chance after chance to take the lead, to tie the game, and just couldn't get it done. And so it did come down to that coin flip. Jimmy Butler made the tough shots. Really tough shot over Nikola Vucevic to make it a four-point game. These weren't easy baskets. He made the tough shots. The Magic didn't. On one play, Jimmy Butler stripped Nikola Vucevic, knocked the ball off of him out of bounds on a, on a post-up. There's another play where Tobias Harris blocked a shot, blocked an Aaron Gordon shot uh, and kept the ball in bounds to, start to, to give Philadelphia another possession. Those little things add up. And the bottom line is, the way Philadelphia played, because I did not think Philadelphia played particularly well in this game. They made a lot of three-pointers. But the bottom line is, if Orlando had played with the defensive intensity and intention that we know they can play with, the purpose of play that we know they can play with, Orlando's in control of this game. Orlando likely is leading by a fair amount. And Orlando likely wins this game. Steve Clifford, I think, said it best. First half, the defense was atrocious. Second half, they were better. That's absolutely true. But that is no solace. Nikola Vucevic had a really difficult game but stepped up big in the fourth quarter. But that is no solace. He made two big mistakes. Aaron Gordon had a fantastic offensive game, carried more than his load uh, with Terrence Ross out. He made a critical mistake on a big play. And guess what? We're already in playoff basketball. You're not playing a series. You're not maybe making the same kinds of adjustments. But like I've said, the pressure is already there. In the playoffs, if you make the kind of mistakes the Magic made in this game, you don't have a chance to win. You get beat. And in the playoffs, it is zero-sum. There is no growth. There is no getting better. There is four chances. You get four mistakes in the playoffs. Or three mistakes in the playoffs, and then you're out if you make a fourth. The Magic are already feeling that pressure. They cannot afford to make the mistakes that they're making right now. And yet they continue to do so. And that's the big theme that's going to be carried over into the next set of games. Because opportunity is still there. The East is so forgiving. But that door is about to close if the Magic aren't careful. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final stats for you real fast on this one as the Orlando Magic fall to the Philadelphia 76ers, 114-106. to 106. Uh, Like I said, let's start with Nikola Vucevic. He just had a really rough game. I know I said on yesterday's podcast I thought that he could be in for a big game with Joel Embiid out, and I think the Magic set him up to have a big game. They wanted him 
to have this great game. They, they set up a lot of post-ups for him against Amir Johnson, and Amir Johnson's a good defender, so, you know, it shouldn't, it wasn't ever going to be that easy, but the offense just always felt a little bit off-sync. Um, Orlando was force-feeding the ball to Nikola Vucevic a lot more than they normally do, in the post especially. Um, their offense lacked some of the movement, some of the creativity that it usually has. Um, again, 21 assists on 42 field goal makes sense. That's pretty low for Orlando. They usually have a higher assist, assist rate there. Um, but Vucevic did get himself going eventually and, and did find ways to contribute. It, it wasn't his night, um, but but he did contribute a little bit. 12 points, 12 rebounds, 5 for 15 shooting. Just not a typical Nikola Vucevic night. And again, some of that I think was because the Magic broke their offense a little bit to get him the ball and try and force matchups. And credit goes to Jimmy Butler, Amir Johnson. Um, the whole defense did a really good job on him and forcing him into, into double teams he wasn't quite anticipating or used to. And frankly, Fucevic does have games where the shot just doesn't go down. He doesn't quite have the touch that he usually has. He he missed a lot of shots that he normally makes, and 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 that becomes frustrating. And you could see the frustration on his face. His defense got better as the game went on. I thought he was better toward the end of the game. Struggled a little bit at the beginning. Just again, the communication defensively all night long until really the fourth quarter was non-existent. Um, you could just see guys just getting confused on switches and, and, and getting confused in their coverages, and Philadelphia took advantage of it throughout the first quarter, first half. So Orlando was just kind of staggered a little bit and, and, and down a couple of big offensive weapons. If Vucevic is struggling the way he struggled, it's tough to win basketball games. But certainly Orlando still had a chance. Vucevic was a big part in why they had a chance. Um, but again, just not enough because right now, none of that stuff matters. All that matters is the result. The final result is all that matters, and Vucevic made two very big mistakes down the stretch. And, and again, I'm not a big I'm not a big last two minutes guy, but in a close game with the pressure ramped up like it is, yes, we can. Yes, I agree that that it's not all on that because they're 46 minutes before and Orlando really struggled through the first 36 minutes of these games. But those two big mistakes at that critical moment uh, were. Or costly. Uh, or, uh, put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. So, a rough night for Nikola Vucevic. Aaron Gordon, a really solid night, though. 24 points, 9 for 18 shooting, 2 for 7 from beyond the arc, 9 rebounds for him. Um, I thought Aaron well, came out really aggressive. I, I think both Aaron and I think both Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier realized that with Terrence Ross out, they would need to step up in a big way. They would need to to really uh, make up for the scoring and, and the energy that Terrence Ross brings. They, they were going to play a lot with those bench units anyway. Um, Gordon, I thought, really came out on, early on, and it looked like he was going to have one of those games. We haven't seen Aaron Gordon have that, that kind of 40-point game that he had last year. And he really took it to Philadelphia because he was making tough shots. He was getting into a good rhythm uh, and, and was really just kind of dominating them. I think he had 18 of his 24 or 16 of his 24 in the first half. Most of it did come in the first half. He did tail off toward the end of the game um, and was unable to, to score as effectively. Again, he settled for a lot of mid-range jumpers. It wasn't the most efficient, although he did shoot efficiently. It wasn't the most effective and efficient night. He did miss five shots from beyond the arc, two for seven from beyond the arc. Got to the free throw line for six free throw attempts. Uh, you know, maybe could have done a little bit more there, but I'm not going to complain too much. He shot half the Magic's free throws, which free throw shooting is, again, always a problem for the Magic. That, that, that hasn't changed. Um, but Gordon, I thought, was really, really effective. Defensively, I thought more than anyone, when he was dialed in in the fourth quarter, the Magic were really good. He did a great job on Ben Simmons in the fourth quarter. Ben Simmons kind of had his way, especially when the, when they were able to get out in transition. But Orlando uh, did a really good job in the half court against him, especially in that fourth quarter, and a lot of credit goes to Aaron Gordon for that. But off the ball, the switching 
the coverages just they were just not sharp and Gordon was guilty of a lot of the mistakes and again late game situation when you've got to to when you got to fight through fatigue you got to find a way to get the job done Gordon made the the biggest mistake of the game frankly and, and he raised his hand immediately he knew it was his mistake it, it's another defensive mistake from from the Magic's best perimeter defender um that cannot happen you got to have that focus at the end of the game, it doesn't matter if someone was supposed to switch onto the guy when a good three-point shooter pops open for three. You've got to you've got to be the one to go challenge. And, and Gordon didn't recognize, didn't diagnose the play. I'd rather see him make a mistake, covering him, covering for his teammate, and have have that get, that that get doubled and have the rest of the defense react to it than to kind of be where he was, which was no man's land. He wasn't covering the guy he thought he was covering, and he wasn't covering the guy that he was supposed to be covering. Um, it was just a really bad defensive play all around. And unfortunately, it does color the way we have to view this game from Gordon because it was such a huge mistake at a big moment. It wasn't an isolated incident for this team, though. Um, it was emblematic of a bigger problem. Evan Fournier, like I said, also had a really nice game. 25 points, 9 for 21 shooting, 5 for 10 from beyond the arc. Was able to get his three-point shot going, which, which of course, was huge for the Magic. Kept them kept them in the game in the first half as Philadelphia was making their threes. Um, it, 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 he was able to pace the Magic offensively and really did the job replacing what Terrence Ross gives you. I mean, he, he hit threes effectively when he got open, when he got the ball and got his feet set especially. He was able to make shots. So a really strong game from Evan Fournier. I thought even defensively he did well. Jimmy Butler... Scored only 14 points on 5 for 10 shooting, so he didn't get a lot of shot opportunities. Um, Fournier, I thought, did a really good job on him and did a really good job defensively as well. A final guy I want to point out, Jonathan Isaac, 16 points, 6 for 12 shooting, 4 for 8 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds, and a blocked shot. Um, I thought Isaac, you know, Isaac's gotten to this point where, you know, he is, he does he doesn't get a lot of plays called for him. He's not really forcing much offensively. He still finds ways to get his offense going. And I, and I think that we're not, you know, at least on this show, not adequately appreciating what Isaac brings to the table because uh, he is just playing really within himself. And he can go invisible for a long time and still have really nice scoring efforts. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. That this is honestly what I criticized him at Florida State for, but he's reached that point where he was at Florida State where, you know, you may not always notice his offensive output, but the ball finds him and he scores effectively when it does and he makes the right play when he does. That's what he did at Florida State. Um, there's, of course, I think another level to his game that he can get to. We'll see if he can get there. But uh, I, I think Isaac has reached that point and again, teams are going to have to start accounting for him more and more. The Magic are a, are a really dangerous and certainly a real playoff team when Isaac is playing at a high level, which which I think he is now. Defensively, everyone was, was not sharp this game, so... I think Isaac was part of that. I think he had a lot of confusion with some of the coverages and switches that were made. Struggled a little bit with Tobias Harris as well. So a rough game defensively for Isaac, which is something that has to be more of a given from him. Because again, I'm gonna I'll repeat this all all day long. It's nice that we could say that that there were some good games that the the Magic were resilient, that the Magic did stay in the fight. They gave themselves a chance to win on a night when they really didn't play very well. Uh, and again, I would say Philadelphia didn't play very well either. It's nice that we could say all these things, but none of it matters without the result. Um, I think I said this uh, on Twitter after the game. I find it both encouraging and terrifying that the Magic can really only play defense for about a quarter and a half and still have a chance to win. It's encouraging because they are good enough 
that they can erase deficits and find that extra gear. They, they do have an extra gear that they can reach into. And that's that's a good thing. It's terrifying because now you rely on it. Because now you think, oh, we're struggling. We'll find our way. It, 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 you lose urgency that way. And the reality is, even though the Magic were nominally the eighth seed uh, before the game, Miami and Charlotte have two games in hand. They, they have two more games to play than Orlando does. So time is ticking further for Orlando. And, you know, they're going to... They'll, they'll eventually catch up. And that's coming up in this next stretch, which is something I do want to talk about here in a moment. Orlando doesn't is not in the driver's seat. They weren't in the driver's seat entering the game because of those two games in hand that those teams have. And so they still have ground to make up. And increasingly and increasingly and increasingly, they're giving away opportunities to make up that ground. And you, and you have to wonder, and it's fair to wonder, if these are the games the Magic are going to regret most. I would argue the next five to seven games are really where this playoff chase is going to be won or lost. Final stats here, Orlando shoots 45.2% from the floor, 13 of 32 from beyond the arc. Uh, Philadelphia... Shoots 47.2% from the floor, 39.3%, 11 for 28 from beyond the arc. They get 21 free throw attempts, 19 of 21 from the foul line. Orlando just 9 of 12 from the foul line. Philadelphia led in scoring by J.J. Redick with 26 points, 6 for 9 shooting from beyond the arc. Uh, Tobias Harris is 21 points. Ben Simmons, 16 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. Jimmy Butler, 14 points, and of course, two very big baskets at the end of the game. The Philadelphia 76ers defeat the Orlando Magic 114 to 106. Magic next in action Friday against the Dallas Mavericks. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And like I, like I said, if you would have told me after the All-Star break that the Magic went 3-4 and four, in the first seven games. And then I think I said this when I talked about the schedule coming up out of the All-Star break. And I said, look, the schedule coming out of the All-Star break is very, very tough. The first seven games are really tricky. You have some games that feel like they're winnable games, but a lot of games against very good teams. And in the midst of a playoff race, Orlando's going to have to get their rhythm going early. I I talked about those games just based on the opponent. I didn't really talk about just the grind that was going to face the Magic. Um, as they've played, I think it's seven games in the last 11 days. They've had a very tough road coming out of the All-Star break. They had to regain their rhythm and all that. And they played tough opponents. If they would have done what we all expected and beaten Cleveland, beaten Chicago, beaten New York, and lost to the other four teams, Toronto, uh, Toronto, Indiana, Golden State, and Philadelphia, 
we would have probably said, okay, the Magic won the games they were supposed to. They gave it a good try against the better teams. You know, maybe that's a little concerning. They can't beat those teams or, or steal a win here or there. But, you know, they're right where they need to be. They haven't lost any ground. They're still in the race. And all of that is absolutely still true. Even though the opposite happened. The Magic lost to the Cavs. They lost to the Bulls. They lost to the Knicks. They beat the Warriors. They beat the Raptors. They beat the Pacers. It's all still true that Orlando is still in the hunt. They're still right where they, maybe not exactly where they want to be, maybe not exactly where they should be considering how well they've played, but they're still right in the thick of things. They are not out yet. So it's not a time to panic. I, I do see that sometimes online that fans, you know, it's the age of Twitter. Everyone goes to the extremes all the time. And, you know, y'all know me. I'm, I'm pretty straight and narrow. I stay, stay in the center. But I will concede this point to that crowd. The Magic are missing opportunities here. There was no excuse for the loss to the Knicks. There's no excuse to the, for the loss to the Cavs. And honestly, there was no excuse for the loss to the Bulls considering how that game played out. These were opportunities, you know, who cares about having, what, what would it be, a 12-game win streak? That's, that's not what's important here. It's about banking up wins to stay ahead in the playoff race. You are in a race with other teams. If the Magic had won one of those games, they're sitting in the driver's seat. The Magic had won two of those games. They're probably sitting in seventh. In this Eastern Conference, a three-game win streak gets you from 10th to 7th pretty easily. And that's how it's going to be the rest of the way. And so to me, it's the opponents, the fact that the Magic played down to their opponents here is not the concerning part, honestly. Because those teams, to varying degrees, are playing a lot better. And so you caught them maybe at the wrong time. Those teams, and, and, and honestly, think back to when the Magic were in their situation, they would beat really good teams on occasion. They'd go through little spurts and pockets where they played really well. Or comparatively well. One, you know, three of five or something like that. Bunch some wins together and then they'd fade. That 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 streak would end. And the consistency would, would go away. So they caught these teams maybe at the wrong moment in time. It happens. It's the beauty, that's the NBA schedule. It's stuff like that happens. It wasn't so much disappointment. And, and, and in any case, you look back at, at even just magic history. The teams that finish in the bottom half of the playoffs, the seven, eight seed teams that the Magic have had in their history, went through this same kind of inconsistency where they played up and down to their opponents. They beat a playoff team one night, lose to the worst team the next. It happened. The Tracy McGrady teams were criticized immensely for playing up and down to their competition. I remember it vividly, reading about that in the Sentinel, seeing that on TV. It happens. That's what these teams do. So it's not necessarily the opponents that the Magic lost to that that bothers me. And I think bothers the coaching staff and bothers the players who have more control over things than than anyone else. What's most concerning about it is they aren't approaching games 
with the same focus and intensity that they need to. Fo- they need to. Players have said it all year. Coach Clifford has said it all year. To win games, we have to play a certain way. And right now, the Magic are not playing that certain way. Not consistently. Not consistently enough. You see pockets of it. I mean, and, and, and Tuesday night, they were able to get away with it for a little while. They had a chance to win only playing the way they needed to play for about eight minutes. The regular season, like I said, is about consistency. What can you do every single night to give yourself a chance to win? Even on your worst nights, or when that, when that thing isn't working, what do you do that still gives you a chance? The Magic are almost to that point where they're giving themselves a chance to win every game they're in. This was their first back-to-back losses since January. The Cleveland game was the first time they lost a game by more than 10 points since early January, since the West Coast road trip against Utah. They're giving themselves chances to win. The question now is not whether the Magic can win every game. The question now is whether they approach the game the right way to actually do it. Philadelphia didn't play great in this game. Yeah, they got hot. J.J. Redick made a lot of threes, but the Sixers were throwing the ball around. They weren't attacking the paint. They only had 40 points in the paint, which is low for a, 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 low for a winning team in, in this league. They were relying a lot on outside shots, and, and that's why the Magic were able to stay in this game. Philadelphia didn't play great. And Orlando's defense finally clamped down on them, and the Magic came back very quickly in this game. So to me, this loss was all about the Magic's approach. And so what's concerning then is the trend that has developed from that New York, the Chicago game, I'll grant a pass because it was the first game after the All-Star break, which is always a little screwy. But really the Magic should have won that game too because of an Aaron Gordon mistake. But it was this game was similar to the New York game, to the Cleveland game, where the Magic didn't have the right purpose of play. Their intensity and their focus defensively waned. Their attention to detail waned. And they didn't have the same urgency and spirit, for lack of a better term, that they need to win games. When it came, when they finally found it, they got themselves back into the game, and then, of course, it became the coin flip of a close game. Something I still think, the like I always say, good teams don't win close games, they avoid them. This Magic team has played a lot of close games. They've had a, they actually have a pretty poor record in close games, and they've played the second most close games in the entire league, uh, within five points in the final five minutes. This is a team that needs to have the lead in those moments. Coming back in those moments, especially if Terrence Ross is going to miss some time, is tough for this team. Vucevic is not a great clutch player. As much as we want him to demand the ball late in games, and I think they should, and and he's a source of easy offense, he struggles late in games. The Magic rely on Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross a whole lot more. And they've delivered. But these are opportunities the Magic have let go. And they've let, let them go because of their attention to detail. Because of their focus. And because of their approach to the game. 
It lacks the consistency and the urgency that is necessary for them to win. The next five games are going to make or break the Magic season. And I'm not kidding about this. Orlando will play three games at home in the next five, including the start of a five-game homestand. And really, it's not the next five games, it's the next eight games. will make or break this Magic season. All eight games coming up until March 22nd are against teams with losing records. Again, part of that is... Part of it is four games of a five-game homestand that, I'm serious, is going to make or break this season. Orlando has the opportunity once again to make up ground. Just by looking at the opponent's record on the schedule. But really, it's about the approach that they need to make. They need to have every night. Because on top of a schedule that feels relatively easy or, or manageable. Let's say it. Let's use it, use that. They also get time off between games for a change. They're not going to be playing seven games in 11 days. Those two games, now three actually, that the Heat and Hornets have on them, they're going to lose now. The Heat and the Hornets are going to play the games that catch up to the Magic. And we'll see exactly... It's, it's like coming around the turn in a track. The Magic are... Ahead, when you look at the camera, because they're in the shorter lane. But now we're going to come to the straightaway, straight to the finish, and we're going to see exactly where they stand. Versus Dallas Friday, at Memphis Sunday, at Washington next Wednesday, versus Cleveland next Thursday, versus Atlanta Sunday, March 17th, versus the Pelicans Wednesday, March 20th, and then versus Memphis Friday, March 22nd. They're not only at home, they're not only playing opponents with poor records that they that they should feel confident they can beat. They get time between games to practice and rest and recover. You can blame fatigue for some of the issues in this game. I, I think that is perfectly fair to do. It's not an excuse. They still should have won. But now that excuse will almost certainly be gone. Orlando will have no excuse not to bring the right energy and focus to every single game because there are days off between them now. They play one back-to-back in this stretch, and that's going to be next Wednesday and next Thursday at Washington versus Cleveland. Opportunity is there for the Magic. And right now, they're dropping the ball. But they have a chance to pick it up and run with it again and make their playoff push now. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.